0: Free. Am I cased by my age? And is this the last page? Am I playing the final scene? Is it too?
1: Welcome to the lone star play podcast i'm your host patrick scott armstrong join me and a famous guest we discuss their career life food texas and everything in between let's get started hi guys welcome to another episode of the lone star play podcast i'm your host patrick scott armstrong what does my voice sound a little different that's because i'm wearing a mask if you can see it obviously you see it if you are in it could you tell interesting all right reason is because i just took it off so i don't know if you can tell anyway reason is texas just uh lifted the mask mandate so that's in the news um whether however you feel about it it happened um and businesses are sort of going half half on it um to be honest with you so you know that's where we are folks so let me know how you feel okay write me Patrick at Texas Real Food I'll talk about it on the podcast let me know all right let's get to it my guest today is Kat Edmondson beautiful guest beautiful voice she played a couple songs absolutely amazing you just heard a a clip there in the beginning of her singing right just ridiculous so good you know what's interesting is um when they sing like that, I, I almost feel like they're singing to me because, guys, look, it's at the time, it's just like Zoom between me and the person, right? So it, it just feels like they're singing to me and it's kind of awesome and cool. And I'm so into it. And I've had so many people, amazing people sing, and I love it. I mean, it's just like, wow one-on-one, you know, if you're a fan, it's just amazing, you know, what kind of people pay for that stuff, you know, so I know they're doing it for the whole, right, for the show and for for y'all to listen to, uh, but it is interesting in the moment, and I do love it, so, all right, look, enough of me jibber-jabbering away, okay, Um, let's talk a little bit about Kat, okay, so she's sort of a jazz singer, um, tons of albums, great accomplishments, a lot of cool stuff coming up, she was in a Woody Allen film, which is really interesting. He's in the news. So we talked about that. Um, it was always her dream to be in a movie. And she got to be in a, a film of his. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you got to say that that's pretty cool. So, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, you know, that uh, I'm sure everyone has an opinion um and we don't get into that into this okay she didn't she didn't want to talk about that and and no problem i you know look i do that for the guests guys okay just hope you know i i'm not like pressing okay it's not like cnn or whatever uh you know sort of shit happening here like i'm just talking to the person and if they don't want to talk about something i'm not going to talk about it i'm not going to press on it so anyway i didn't press on it so anyway okay um let's get to it all right so kat edmondson you heard some of her songs beautiful you know this is a great podcast so before we get to the episode let's um let's take a a word from our sponsor okay texas real food be right back the lone star Play podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores butchers restaurants farmers markets and more who are using fresh artisanal organic sources it's a fun site that brings all natural options all together word from our sponsor texas real food as always thank you guys um okay look you know what would be cool leave us a review Okay. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review. That'd be cool. Stop right now. Pause it. Go in. Leave us a review. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a second. Okay. All right. That was a second, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, for though if you're not listening on that, you're like, dude, just get get going, okay. But anyway, please leave us a review; that'd be awesome. And as always, check us out on social media, Lone Star Plate TX. Follow us; we're always posting stuff, quote this, deck, clips, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we're growing our following, so it's awesome. And as always, check out our YouTube channel, The Lone Star Plate Podcast, and for everything else, our website, TheLoneStarPlate.com. All right, let's get to it. Cat Edmondson, guest today great great podcast (laughs) okay enjoy
0: hi Patrick it's good to see you uh
1: yeah thank you so much for joining I love his background by the way this this like gold very cool yeah Yeah, yeah, it's simple
0: the set for the Kat Edmondson show that I love it Sunday nights yeah
1: nice okay the set oh look at that beautiful live from the set I love it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like your set
1: Thank you. Yeah. It's green screen. It's not real. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. uh, (laughs) It's real. It is. real. (laughs)
0: Hey,
1: but it looks like it could not. Yeah. These
0: days you don't know. That's true. Set up a nice office situation or studio.
1: That's it. That's it. That's it. it. I've changed it a few times. I never was comfortable with it. I'm still not ever happy with it. I'm one of those people. I'll just keep rearranging.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: Right? It's like, what What was that show on Netflix, Uh Joy? Like, if you don't find joy in it, right, just toss it. Like, I can't oh. find joy in anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to
0: Actually, I read that book.
1: What was that called? What, what was yeah, it called? Um,
0: the Art of Tidying Up or Mastering the... Something about tidying.
1: Okay, tidying up.
0: And who is the, the author?
1: Oh, man. We
0: have it upstairs.
1: Oh, God. She has a real simple name so simple i can't i can't believe i can't remember that's all i remember is the joy thing Uh,
0: yeah like if you hold it and if it gives you joy personally i mean i don't want to like burst everyone's bubble because (laughs) clearly everyone has decided this is the best thing i read the whole book and i do see the relevance in it i have used her uh, method um for cleaning and it certainly gets the job done but i'll tell you what I don't really invest a lot in an object bringing me joy. I actually don't. I don't think that's real, and I think yeah. that's in, that's like it's not understanding that you are still um, projecting onto the thing. And like I've noticed that on any given day, I love an, an object, and then on another day, I'm like, I hate this thing. Or there will be a period of time where I'm like, I hate this thing for so long. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I love this thing. I found a purpose for this thing. I think we sh- I think the real lesson is don't give too much power to your things, you know? like
1: That's it. That's I it. don't know. I, I, I agree.
0: I saw like you could, you could get kind of scarily obsessed with cleaning if you really, you know, yes. are like to the letter with that yeah. book. Yeah.
1: No, I, uh, I actually agree. And I have a perfect example. I have a, uh, I'm moving here pretty soon. We're changing studios. See, I'm not having changing <laughs> studios. Uh, anyway, um, I, I have this old wine opener and it's a, it's a real, like a real antique. It's one that has like a base. It's real heavy. And then it has this thing that goes up the back end for support. And then at the top, there's this uh, thing that you, you know, you set the, you set it on the base and then the wine opener, you pull this lever down and it pulls the cork out, but it's real yeah. old. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense. One that's like the size of a, a pen that you can buy today, like a waiter does the same job, right? So it's right. completely useless. And I've had it forever. It weighs like 85 pounds. Yeah. I'm constantly moving around. I just uh, change plate. like, God, this thing is so, but it's such an antique. And recently I fell back in love with it. And I'm just like, I can't. I just don't want to get rid. I, I, I just this new appreciation. I don't know. All of a sudden, I just have. And that's recent within a few days because I'm moving. So I had to decide whether or not to get rid of it. And there was just something about all of a sudden I found this new joy in it.
0: Can you, can you imagine if we held our significant others and tried to determine? <laughs> <laughs> Keep them or get rid of them based on whether or not they were bringing us joy in that moment.
1: Oh man, I feel like that's a show in the future. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like
0: <laughs> it sounds like, like a, a Bla- Black-,
1: Mayor, Black Mirror episode.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a, it could be the premise for a really dangerous game show.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is the sequel to The Running Man. Any Arnold fans out there? Oh, um, that's I'm the- I don't know it. Well, you watch it and you'll go. I get it now. I get what wow. he meant. Um, maybe, maybe Alex knows. He's like, I, I got. It. I saw Running Man. Um, anyway, yes, I agree. The joy. That's it. You know. I, you know. I'm curious. When you write songs, is it like that? You just can't let go of some lyrics, maybe, or a tune. When people are telling you let it go, and you're like, I can't. Something about this that has to, you know, fit yeah. right. There has to be something there.
0: First of all i never let anyone interfere with my songwriting process i have no interest in what anyone has to say
1: okay um i like that
0: second of all yes sometimes i i some lyric or some melody will haunt me and i don't even necessarily like it you know (laughs) usually i do usually i'm like oh you know and i'm singing it and it's great but there have been songs and i've just they, it just killed me I was just like enough enough stop like I don't want this I don't like this it's not making me feel good and then it just won't leave me and so I'll just I'll just sit down and write the thing and it's it's usually the the songs that I really need to write that come in that shape or form you know it's like interesting it, yeah it's it's like there's something that i have to process that i have to confront sure and it comes in the form of a song which i'm really grateful for because it's like a very uh it's a free type of therapy
1: yeah (laughs) yeah no it's really
0: it only requires my time and my attention and then it it often gets me through things when it's necessary
1: that's interesting. Let let me ask you this. Do you so do you write songs then that you just don't plan on recording? You're like, I'm just going to write this because I just need to get out of my system and you 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 leave it behind. Is that sort of what you're getting to or no? Or or you think, well, maybe I can record this as well.
0: Usually once I've written it, I then feel obliged to record it as well. It's funny and, and sometimes that's not that's not fun either because I'm sometimes I'll write the song, in a in a fashion, like the song will just present itself to me. That's what it feels like. And, um, and then it's up to me, like I'm getting a piece of homework to like figure out how to sing it. And sometimes I'm not comfortable singing it. Like it might feel like it's out of my vocal range or something. And then I have to go and figure out how to physically sing it. Um, and that's a funny, that's a funny process, but the way I look at it, um uh, and, whether or not this is good or bad or, or right or wrong. I, um, when I get inspiration, I don't question it. I feel like I'm getting marching orders, you know? And it's like my job to see it through. Well, and it's not up to me to like, you know, interfere change it in or yeah, fear. Yeah. It's my job to get out of the way and, and see it safely to the other side and then and then if if we get that far it's my job to to share it and then i it's like i just have to surrender every time and like i said most of the time it's an absolute pleasure but there are times when it's it's been painful but again those have been some of the most rewarding songs and they're usually the songs where people come up to me and they're like well that that moved me you know yeah. Um, they felt just, a
1: connection yeah, of that some type sort. Of song. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, if you dig that deep, it usually touches yeah. people.
1: Sure. Well, of course. Well, if you're, you know, as a fan, and you're a fan of music too, you know, when you're listening to music, if, if something is emotive and, and you feel the singer going through something and, and you're going to go through it as well, yeah, it's tough on them. But the, like you said, the reward is it's almost like you reach more people in a weird way mm-hmm. by those songs right yeah, like yeah, yeah you're right yeah that's interesting uh for sure uh, wow i appreciate your honesty and openness about that that's really cool um yeah i love asking that question to artists uh, as well too um you know let's talk a little bit about um where you grew up in houston we're called the lone star plate right we we, we always talk a little food too so we're going to talk just a, a tiny little bit of food here and That's there somewhere topic. but uh right uh, who does love food um in texas of course we talk texas uh don't let the flag give it away um but um yeah i, I read that you grew up in houston which is such an amazing town for food first of all mm. you know shit we can start there uh but yeah i'm just curious you know how you got into music you know, I'm always I'm always uh, fascinated by someone's story of, of that connection and where it led them and and if you had any other different paths, you know, along the way that you had considered or, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, actually, I well, I I I started to listen to music um my mom, I was listening to whatever my mom was listening to, and I I learned a lot of music through old movies. Um she was constantly playing old films for me and um and then of course in the disney movies that i watched as a kid and the muppet movies there was just fantastic music being written um and i i very much noticed the music it affected me and i started to hear music in my head and when i would um feel of an emotion it often was accompanied with music and I might start singing about it you know if it was happy or exciting or sad or whatever and that started at a very early age I don't I, I can't remember four years old I can't remember my fourth year really but I know that that was <laughs> happening at five I know that I was wow and um and I was watching these Uh, people, movie stars on the screen in the, you know, like singing in the rain and uh, Judy Garland movies. I was watching them sing and act and dance all at the same time. So I assumed that that's what that was, whatever, you know, um, I wasn't that's how I was introduced to music. It was like, Oh, these people, they do all these things at the same time. So um, at some point um, in a very childlike rationale, I also assumed that, okay, that's what I'm, that's who I am. That's what I'm going to do. No, no questions about it. It was like, you know, being part imparted with again, like marching orders or a direction. It was like, this is what you are, will be doing. So it was like, easy i when i was in preschool i used to lead my class in songs i remember them teaching them <laughs> wow favorite things from the sound of music and um and uh in fact i found a report card from preschool um one day recently and it said like Catherine loves people and she loves to sing for the class um she's she's not showing interest in math it's like and <laughs> the, the report card and it kind of summed me up <laughs> it, not, it didn't really change after that um
1: that's funny that was funny
0: well yeah so uh I just, I just always figured, you know, that's that's what I could do. That's what I would do. I would perform for my mom and her friends. Grew up with a single mom, and um, and she was a singer when she was uh, young, and her in her early twenties or late teens, she would go and sing at jazz clubs, and, it, and she didn't talk about it <clears throat> very much. If anything, you know, she might have mentioned it a couple times, but. I think you can make a very strong impression on a child by just mentioning such a thing and, and making it known that that was possible. She never pursued it as a career, but I watched these people on the screen and I, I figured if they could get there, so could I. It was never a question. But, mm-hmm. I, but then when I started singing in Austin, Texas, um, I, and I was singing at like restaurants and uh, the occasional jazz club, it was different than, than I understood it to be. I suddenly had to get in touch with the fact that I had all these expectations of how it would look, and it, it didn't look like the people on the screen where they were singing and dancing and acting. In fact, I realized there weren't, there weren't many people doing that iteration of music. It was like festival stages and people with guitars, and the scene looked different, so I I had to kind of, figure out how I fit into that, um, but along the way <clears throat> I got distracted because I didn't know anyone else that was pursuing a career in the arts. And it had never occurred to me to study uh, the arts. It's not something we discussed at home, actually. Um, so my I went to a year of college in South Carolina at the College of Charleston and um, I was I was there working um, part-time and going to school full-time, and I, I didn't have time for much of anything. And I decided I would move to Austin, Texas, where I would enroll at University of Texas. But um, in the interim, I was just working and trying to figure out what I was going to do, and I, I got really distracted with the idea of, like, finding something that makes money because that's what all my friends are doing and then finding a person to settle down with and and start a life with so I didn't I didn't like I didn't have any role models Except for the people that I saw on TV and that that started to feel far away And I you know, I I just I got kind of sidetracked. I had a lot of jobs. I was working in restaurants and I worked at a real estate company. I was, um, oddly enough, doing accounting briefly, but that's,
1: that's good right. <laughs> they, they apparently didn't see that report card.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> um, and uh, I almost, I almost started a completely different life. I almost got married to somebody and just and started working um, with them, uh, and then. I just had this moment that it was actually quite an epiphany. We were in Las Vegas, and um, and he, a uh, wonderful guy, uh, was um, preparing to propose. We were with friends and his family, and he had, he had already asked permission from my family, so I learned later, and, and our friends were like, I'm so excited, I think he's going to propose. And I started panicking. I've I felt like what? Why am I panicking? Something feels wrong. And um, and I actually spoke to him one night that I thought he was going to propose, and he and he hadn't. And I said, please, please don't yet. Yeah, just don't. I'm I'm not ready. And it was very upsetting, of course. You know, because I I had already indicated that that's what I wanted. But we, we'd gone to bed that night and I turned on the TV, I, I couldn't sleep and I was watching A&E, um, what was that show, um, Biography? A&E Biography. Yeah, yeah. Ella Fitzgerald was on. Oh, wow. And it was like a light bulb. I was like, what am I doing? I wanna be doing what she did. I relate more to this woman who I don't know on the screen, whose music I adored then the life that i started to build here, you know, and um, my poor boyfriend who was sleeping innocently, you know, like I knew in that moment, this isn't, this isn't where I'm going. This isn't where I'm headed. So it actually wasn't long after that. It was just a, a few months where I, I went and I found a jazz club. I sat in, I started meeting people. I quit my, Job working at the real estate company where I was, and I was just singing full time. It was like within less than six months um, that I did all of that, wow. and I suddenly felt like I—I I knew what I was doing. I knew where I was going. I knew, you know, I knew I was. I. It was. It was wonderful. I felt like it
1: felt right. It felt. I right. felt
0: like lighter. Yeah,
1: lighter. You know, you okay, know
0: I. Yeah. I felt. Like I'm only a hundred pounds, but I felt hundred pounds lighter. I felt like I was floating <laughs> on air, you know, it was beautiful.
1: That's awesome. That's great. Do you still talk to that, to that guy still? No. How long ago was that? How long? Oh, ago, it was, like, um, you know, like,
0: 15, 15, 15 years, years ago.
1: Years? Wow. And
0: no, we haven't, we haven't spoken since then. And I, and I don't know if he would ever understand, but I, I constantly wishing him well. Uh, he sent, he was, I bet
1: maybe he would, maybe you know, on Facebook, you know how it is, you know, years later, like uh, you know." Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to yeah. bother him. He has a family sure. now; he has kids, you know. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. For sure. So he's I think
0: he, he's fine. He's he's leading the life that he wanted to, but, um, yeah. yeah if I ever had the chance to, to make sure, that, I'm sure he knows, but make sure he knows that it wasn't him.
1: Yeah. You well, know. maybe he'll listen to this, you know, you <laughs> never know. Hey, I mean, I, you know, listen, I've learned a lot on this podcast. And one thing is you'll always be surprised.
0: That yeah.
1: Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You got that out there. I Listen, I really appreciate your honesty and your uh, no no wonder so many people relate to you and appreciate you uh, so much. Uh, that's very endearing and
0: oh, thank you. Uh,
1: genuine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Just just listening to you like that. Uh, it's great. I love hearing Uh, Things like that, uh, for sure. I know a lot of people do. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I I apologize.
0: Didn't know. It's fine. I I don't know how else to to be. I mean, I could not be honest, but then I'd probably just be sitting here saying nothing. And
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, for sure, absolutely, right? There's no when you're. You know what it is. I I think for myself, I'm 41. Um, as I've gotten older, that has become, it's become much easier to just be myself. That, that's for sure. You know, when you're younger, you're, I don't know, at least that's how it was for me, you know, high school, whatever, middle school, right? You just, just trying to find who you are and create and this and that. And, and as you get older, just, I don't know, it just starts to shed away life gets to you and you just start to realize at least for some people right you're just like man screw it i am yeah. I am, yeah and that's it you know
0: yeah, it's, it's much relief, easier right? yeah, yeah what a
1: relief it's like this is so much easier and you find people appreciate you more
0: yeah people, oh, absolutely. Right? right
1: it's, it's a relief
0: to them because when yeah. you're young <laughs> you feel like you feel obliged to be everything
1: yeah exactly
0: right you're like yeah. Yeah oh, this person does that. I, I'm i supposed to do that. And then yeah. this person does that. I'm supposed to do that too. And it's, it's just, yeah. it's overwhelming every, all the pressures that you put on yourself and the things you're supposed to be, and you don't know, and it's confusing. And isn't it just a relief when somebody walks in the room and they're not trying to be anybody but themselves?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause then you just, that's where life starts, right? right? You, you can just start living life instead of, internalizing everything right it's like that's not life that's not living life you you can really just forget about all that and and start uh living life yeah absolutely no yeah
0: you know another thing that really helped me um in my adult life uh it was not too long ago that i actually decided to go back to school and study acting and
1: yeah I saw I, you were in some some stuff here yeah, yeah. awesome stuff yeah
0: Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah, I um, I was in a, a film, Angels Sing, um, written by Turk Pipkin, uh, a dear friend of mine from Austin, and there were a lot of wonderful actors and musicians in that film. Like oh. Harry Connick Jr. was the lead, and um, wow. Willie Nelson played the angel, and I sang a song with Lyle Lovett and Mitch Watkins in the in the in the movie <clears throat> but oh my gosh but then i also got to be in a woody allen film playing um a nightclub singer and and it was there when i was in this film that i i thought you know i just want to be here like i like i told you that's that's how i thought it was all going to look from the beginning i'm going to be on stage and going to be singing and acting and dancing <clears throat> well there i was and i was like how do i get back here right away. I mean, it's ASAP. And so I decided to sort of take matters into my own hands instead of waiting for somebody to call, I wanted to go and and study this craft of acting. Um, But in in acting school, I learned that um, it's so important to answer the moment. And I learned, you know, it helped me just in my, my musical performances, you know, like alone, apart from you know being an actress. Um, when I'm standing there in a room, if there are things that I'm thinking about that I don't say, the audience can feel it. They don't know what it is, but they can feel it. It feels yeah, pregnant. You know, it feels like stifled. And it's such a relief to everybody if you just say what's going on. Um, And so I, I learned, you know, like that actually it also creates fodder for you. You know, you're standing there in a room, you've got these, this set list, these songs, you know, what you want to tell people about these songs. But apart from that, it's, it can be awkward. It's like, well, you're sitting here and I'm standing here and okay, I'll go on to the next song. But with, with the freedom to just be in the moment and answer it, I can say whatever is, you know, you know, in my head, I can respond to whatever is going on stage. If there's a technical thing, I can announce it and the whole, we can all enjoy it together. It doesn't have to be yes. this space between us, this this thing that's not getting said, whatever it may be. So that was quite liberating and it, it really changed my, my performances after that.
1: Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, that's hitting me. I love hearing that. That's And it seemed, you know, it's one of those things that when you hear, you're like, yeah, that seems so obvious. How, how did I not think about that before? Right. It so just, simple. yeah, so simple and yeah, direct and, and easy and like right. most things that are the way they should be, you know.
0: Right. But in society, we've been conditioned out of these things. You know, we've, we've been conditioned not to say what we're thinking and not to, yeah,
1: yeah. you well,
0: know, and yeah. Yeah.
1: or so, tweet it. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't say it to someone's face, but go ahead and tweet it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's just it's so simple. And it, and we in acting school, we actually had to learn, we had to unlearn that conditioning of not, you know, like seeing someone react to something and not responding to it for fear of upsetting them or or doing the wrong thing when when these are all opportunities to connect, every single moment is an opportunity to connect.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's powerful. Well, that sounds like a sales tactic right there. <laughs> uh, right? Like, that's what they, t- I remember I sold cars. I was like 21. I think oh, that's so. the first thing they teach you. Yeah. You know, it's everything's an opportunity, right? So the, if they tell you no, if they do this, if they do that, it's all about just keeping it going. But honestly, a lot of that stuff stuck with me. To yeah. be frank with you it's very like if you just take away car this you know cuz you know they do do some shady stuff which is why i didn't last long at that job i was like i can't do this i can't rip <laughs> people off this is like disgusting like that stuff's true they really do like rip people off but yeah you know you take that away it it, it applies to to a lot of different things um you know again another thing you learn as you get older uh, right, that some of these things uh, can make sense in other ways. And, and that is very powerful. And that is very true. And, and like you said, it's just a very simple uh, thing, you know, to just talk about what's, I've actually never heard it put that way. Like, you're, you're feeling something, people can see you're feeling something, and you don't just say it, just talk about it. There's an elephant in the room that you don't address. And it just makes things awkward, I guess, or yeah. weird. And, and you could just bypass all that. Like you said, the space between us, we could eliminate that. Just let's all share it in it together. And there's no whispering or this or that, or, you know, uh, holding right, a I
0: breath. Guess. People act instinctively, even if they don't know that they're doing it, well, if they can feel that there's a moment that's not being answered in the room, the audience will actually hold their breath. Now, sometimes that's, you know, the holding of the breath is like a really good thing because
1: anticipation of something waiting, good coming or waiting, something, yeah,
0: okay, you know, okay. they're with with, ev- with you every step of the way. But, okay. so, but a lot of times it's because they're uncomfortable. When we're uncomfortable, we it's like we, you talk about that's where life begins. When you're honest and you're yourself, you're literally, literally stopping life. Oh for a minute when you hold your breath, you know, because yeah. it's like a, the physical manifestation of it. So, so people oh gosh. naturally like it's an animal thing. Wow, what's going on? And you know, when you answer the moment, or as I've learned, everybody can breathe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gosh, God, see everybody listening to this, we're breaking barriers here, okay? You're learning. <laughs> You take, take this stuff in. No, this is awesome. Patrick, uh,
0: gosh. My mom, my mom sold cars. Really? Yes. And I mean, it wasn't like for a long time. She, um, uh, when I was in high school, she lost a, a job that she had for a long time. And, um, and being at her age, uh, she was struggling to find another one and she ended up getting into car sales and, she didn't do it for all that long but um mean, my mom is cute as a button i mean she's just undeniably absolutely (laughs) adorable that'll um, help but she she was honest with everyone and she would tell people like when they were alone like don't buy that car (laughs)
1: that was me that was me too
0: (laughs) and she was like whatever you do don't take Take your car. If something goes wrong, don't bring it to our mechanic. Find your mechanic.
1: What a sweet you know, woman! So what a hero. Her. She, a hero! Her. And meanwhile, she was
0: putting my CDs in the in the slot of the cars and showing them the stereo system. This <laughs> is my daughter.
1: You gotta love moms. <laughs> you gotta love moms.
0: Yeah. You, what.
1: you know, my mom listens to the show. Shout out! I know she's gonna you know she'll probably hear that maybe hi, maybe this is a show what's, yeah what's
0: your name so. what's your mom's name lupita hi lupita
1: <laughs> love it love it yes mom yeah my mom uh one time i was in uh, I, ma- I managed this wine bar in dallas called dolly and somehow we ended up in this magazine uh t- what, what was it called um, travel and leisure magazine okay and they they came and they took all these pictures of everybody i was the gm they took a picture of me the owner the chefs so all the stuff and i was like oh oh man i never been in a magazine i was just like oh my god this is unbelievable um and i thought well they're never gonna use my picture sure enough they only used my pictures <laughs> and, and it was like this full page spread i was blown away i was like oh my god my mom went to every place in Dallas, bought every magazine copy. I'm not joking. She had them in her trunk. She was handing them out to people. Like.
0: <laughs> what a great mom, that's like my mom. Oh, we have the you best know? moms.
1: Yeah, gotta love that support, wow. you know, to be yeah. honest with you, I, I, yeah, gotta love that support. That's so funny that your mom was sticking in the CDs to sell the cars and and that's so genius. First of all, I gotta give her props That is just genius. <laughs> Uh, My
0: mom also would go to church with a boom box and hit play. <laughs>
1: and Just hit play. <laughs> she just went. <laughs> love that. I love she would, that.
0: She would email me and say, I mean, she still, she still does this. She's like, I had the nicest conversation with the gas station attendant and I gave him one of your CDs and he was so grateful. <laughs> Thanks mom.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, uh, that's so awesome. Gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, anything I've done in my life, my mom has always done this, you know, been there supportive, you know, tell people everybody about it and, you know, want people to get behind it, no matter what it is, you know, uh, so that's great. You know, it really does. Uh, and it really is great support. That's awesome to hear about your mom. Wow.
0: That's- yeah, you know, I think. it's just it it means so much to have the support of a parent and their encouragement life is hard and the pursuit of of anything you know new is is difficult and it's uh even harder when you feel like you're defying uh the people that define you the most whose approval you want the most it's even harder to go against them if you have to so i i feel so grateful that my mom always believed in me and said you can do anything you want that that's a big that's
1: awesome you're right those words are powerful that that really does can make a difference in somebody yeah you know really can really can Uh, yeah I have a my my brother has a couple kids so I got a couple nephews and they're five and six and they're at that age you know where they're starting to see a different, like a a life down the road, right? I want to be this, I want to be that. They weren't really saying those things before. And I can start to see that. Of course, they want to be a lot of things at once, right? Right. Uh, Which is great. I love that ambition. But I just, you know, it's, you see that and it takes you back and you go, gosh, you know, I don't want to lose that, right? I hope they don't lose that because that will, you know, propels you forward. And my brother's so great with the kids, uh, you know, making sure that they, believe in that stuff. Right. And I think yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah, it does make a difference, you know? So that's yeah. awesome. Cause otherwise what if your mom hadn't believed in you? What if she was like, Hey, the, you know, I got you into this over here. So, and then your life went this other way, you know, the world wouldn't have your, your music.
0: How are you supposed to believe in yourself? I mean, that's that too. It's, it's so it's, it's hard, you know? And, um, that that it's just the greatest gift i know that some parents struggle in supporting their child because they they're worried about them they're worried about them getting hurt or being disappointed um, which i think is probably how they they feel in their life they've they've made choices that have been safe for them and that have worked for them and they don't want their child to be harmed but i i knew in my own life that it would um would be much more suffering, much more painful, uh, because it, the, the entertainment business is not easy. There, I've, 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 I've had pain, <laughs> yes, <laughs> undoubtedly. But um, I knew that I, I would suffer much more greatly, uh, unquantifiably, if I had not gone down this path and and done what was in my heart to do. Um, I've, yeah. I, and I often find. That but that's my my aspiration is to share that with people so that they know you know if, if they're not getting the, that encouragement go and do it listen to your heart it it will it will show you things that you never expected
1: absolutely absolutely well I love that I love that so much um, you know before we um i know you guys i know you do want to play some music but i do want to talk a little bit about this woody allen film that you were in uh mm-hmm. one i read this story that it just it impacted you so much right and we briefly touched on it before but uh, i was hoping maybe we could just dig into that just a, a little bit
0: yeah yeah well
1: so, yeah go ahead want to know well i mean you know what was it like working with them on the set that's i mean it's woody allen
0: working with him was a dream he he's my favorite. Uh, director, actually, he has been since I was a teenager. I watched um, his movies, and I and I saw the New York that I saw in musicals as a child, and I saw you know uh, this world that I just was thrilled to be a part of, and um, he was part of the reason why I ended up moving to New York uh, because I I wanted to to be immersed in that world, he, he's a jazz lover, so am I, um, great American songbook lover. He's, I mean, I've just, I've grown up watching movies and that's, it's all of those old films uh, he was informed by clearly. So um, that was a dream come true. I mean, actually the way that I got onto that uh, set for that film was, uh, I, I just started telling people I made up my mind like I want to I want to be an actress. I want to be in movies. And somebody said, "Well, what do you want to be in?" And I said, "I want to be in a Woody Allen movie." And fortunately, they just turned out to be the right person to say that to cuz they were like, <laughs> "Oh, well, I have been in touch with their producer in the past. I cuz one of the artists that they worked with had composed for a Woody Allen film. Unbeknownst to me, and so they reached out and said, you should know this artist. Um, And that's how I got on their radar. And, and uh, it it was actually a long process for how I actually got to be in the movie. There were other recommendations coming from other people. He didn't want me um, initially at first. uh, He wasn't wild about my haircut at the time. Um, (laughs) I ended up wearing a wig in the film, which, you know, resolved the whole thing. But, um, but I, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. If I can figure out how to get into another Woody Allen movie, that's like that's my other biggest dream. Like, how do I, how do, I do that? I just, I love what he makes and the types of roles that he writes for women. And being on his set, um, not that I've been on that many movie sets, but I can say that it's uh, incredibly unique. I mean, this, this guy is um, one of the most famous uh, living directors. And yet, there's no pretense to his set. It's not like the Hollywood kind of atmosphere that you would imagine. Uh, He always works within a limited budget. Um, He's paying union rates. So his actors are just, you know, they're not getting these like exorbitant amounts of money to be in his films. The ones that are there, you know, he gets big stars and they're there because they want to work with Woody Allen. And we all shared the same makeup trailer. So I was in this in the same trailer with Blake Lively and Parker Posey and Kristen Stewart and, um, and the rest of the cast Jesse Eisenberg. Wow. and um, wow. So I'm just sitting there talking with them and learning, you know, as this is going on that that's never the case. Like people are usually in far off trailers with security and everyone's being pampered and protected from <laughs> one another. And and that it's unusual for actors to remain on set while other people are shooting. But in this case, I did my scene and all of the actors were still there watching. And Blake Lively even afterwards mentioned how strange and exciting that was to be watching someone else's scene get filmed. And I can say of his um, his crew, uh, it's, it's such a great, environment like it's these are the he's working with the same people that he's worked with for 30 years plus and um typically they make a movie every year Um, i've stayed in touch with his producers who are just as lovely and as down to earth as can be they're you know they're just reachable and available Uh, his sister's on the set his wife and his kids would come um, in the evenings and it, it felt wonderfully familial and respectful and there, no one was putting on air. Just no one was too big for their britches or superior to anything. And the job was getting done between six o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon. It was like
1: that's awesome. the, the cool.
0: most functional environment. <laughs> It was so strange and i've and in it, and it to me it just spoke so much about who he is uh I, it was that was evidence to me of of how great he is
1: yeah that's awesome wow what a great story that's amazing yeah i've been on a few movie sets myself and it's always just like oh my god for me anyway it's just like oh my god this is like unbelievable there's just so much stuff i love all the action that's going on and you know the moving, the bits uh you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it is. uh, It's definitely exciting for sure. Uh, Well, you know, know. let's hope uh, once COVID, you know, gets to another point, let's hope you can have another opportunity uh, to do that. That would be that would be awesome.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep wishing and hoping.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look, you've, that sounds like that's part of your life, just pushing for the things you want and getting them. So yeah, you know,
0: (laughs) why not? (laughs)
1: <laughs> why not that, that's my attitude i mean look what's the, what's the worst that's gonna happen it doesn't happen it doesn't well when happen. you started it wasn't happening anyway
0: exactly. so
1: i don't see what the loss is really
0: yeah i think you're right
1: the losses yeah. in not trying really yeah. right yeah for sure that's awesome well cat what are you guys um what are you what are you guys gonna play um uh i'm curious well, what, what songs
0: it, um there's a song from my most recent album that i i covered a lot of tunes on this album but this is one of the ones that i wrote and it it's the central theme of the record dreamers do and it, it's uh it was it, it's a sincere question i was asking is it too late to dream talking about <clears throat> you and wow. i talking about you know
1: totally it's perfect it
0: worth it or not to pursue your dreams well i was having one one of those prolonged periods of doubt and I ended up writing this song, and uh, and so that's what I'll I'll sing. And then if if you want me to do another one, I'll be happy to. Um, I would
1: I would love for you to sing as much as you want. I never I never stop anybody from singing. Right. What what if I was like you know what? That's enough, cat. That's gonna be right. If I said that right. <laughs>
0: be perfectly fine <laughs> no way
1: i would never say that to anybody uh we've had we've had lots of great performances on here i would never tell anybody you know what that's just that's just too awesome we can't handle any more awesome yeah <laughs> uh, I, th- I think we can handle all the awesome but th- this is a p- perfect song first of all to choose uh for just our conversation in this podcast let alone you know period so fantastic uh, and
0: this is the actual recording from from the album that I'm singing along to. Childish fantasy, it was not to me whatever I could dream was meant always do? Or is it too late to dream? Am I no longer free? Am I cased by my age? And is this the last page? Am I playing the final scene? Is it too late to dream? Too late to dream, am I no longer free, am I caged by my age, and is this the last stage, when home is soon, no more to shine, but give way to a day.
1: Wow! Wow! That was unbelievable. Um, I, I don't know. Do you, do you should I just mute myself again? Do you want to sing another one? Is that? I don't know how this works for you. Sure. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That was unbelievable. I'm sorry. That was just unbelievable. Wow. Huh. So good. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um.
0: Sparkle and shine. No. Okay. Um, let's do someone's in the house. This is another one that I wrote for Too Late uh, for Dreamers Do the Record, and um, it it touches on. Um, that moment that you wake up in the middle of the night. The the whole record, the theme is dreaming and dreams. But uh, this song is about when you wake up in the middle of the night because you think you've heard a noise, but you don't know if you imagined it, if you dreamt it. Here we go. What was that noise? The creaking of the floor, I can't remember now, if I lock the door, is someone in the house, oh no, perhaps I could, I should get up and see, but I don't want to go, Oh, 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 Did I see something move? A shadow on the wall. Shh, what was that? What was that? What was that? I think it's coming from the hall. Oh, someone's in the house. Oh, no. Don't move, don't budge, don't breathe. And maybe they will go. This is Jaleel Shaw on saxophone, Aaron Thurston on drums, Roy Dunlap on piano, Matt Monasteri on guitar, and Bob Hart on bass. I wanted to be in the mode of writing it, and I, I wanted to give myself every opportunity to, to feel, you know, that situation, and so I, I made sure to write it when Aaron wasn't home, my my boyfriend, and it was late at night, so I could just scare myself, and I actually had a lot of fun writing it.
1: That's awesome! What a great song. Thanks. Yeah, that's a great man. The yeah, that's a great song. Uh, you, you I, I bet you perform that live, just your faces and everything. You're selling it, selling the story. Uh, <laughs> gosh, this, yeah, for real. I mean, that helps sell it. Uh, for real. I mean, it really does. Uh, God, what a great song. We've never had any, we've never had this type of music on the podcast. I'm so excited. This is like so cool. This is so Thank great. You. Yes. Awesome. Your voice is unbelievable. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that before. It does have that sort of, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know the right words. Okay, I'm sorry. I know I I speak for a living, but you figure I would have the right words. I don't have the right words. It's like this old timey voice mixed with modern. It sounds so cool. It's like this fusion. I mean, thanks. Yeah, so great. I hope that's not offensive. What I said. I
0: not at all. I mean, In fact, okay. I think it's rather accurate. Like I said, okay. all my all my influences are yeah. or at least a lot of them are sure. old, very old.
1: Listen, l- let's say this. Okay, you, you play this music, you have these old influences, but let's be real. What does Cat Edmondson put on when like you know you're gonna go run a 5K? Are you putting like, you know, who let the dogs out? What <laughs> sort of <laughs> What sort of like outside of your stuff that you listen to, you know, that you that you play and stuff? What other that would just maybe shock your fans that you listen to?
0: Oh, shock my fans. Well, I, I mean, like, Something the truth crazy. Is, like I when I was running a lot, I was listening to Marvin Gaye a lot because I had a great beat. Okay. Um, and but then I also f- figured out like well into my run that if I just slowed everything down and listened to Billie Holiday, it was a very peaceful kind of. Run. So I don't know if I would actually shock my fans that much. I mean, what what would shock my fans? Um, I mean, often find any... myself sing, singing uh, "Everybody Dance Now" from CNC Music Factory. That's I love my... that song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody dance now. Ooh, yeah.
1: that's such a good song. Yeah. Oh my God, that takes me back right yeah. there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know what? When I was when I was a kid, I saw them at the rodeo. They came. No way. The they played at a, in rodeo. Yeah.
1: They played at a rodeo.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah.
1: Oh man, that's kind of that's interesting. You know what? Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I guess now that I think about it, rodeos get all kinds of acts. Oh yeah.
0: Know, right? Yeah, I mean it's but, like the Astrodome. That's where I saw them. I mean, they, no yeah. one plays there anymore, but. Um, wow. Yeah,
1: That's crazy. crazy. It was oh, really
0: funny is My mom, when she bought us tickets, we brought our 80-some-odd-year-old godmother. And, you know, the Astrodome is like, you have to walk up these huge, long ramps to get up to your seats. And um, so it took us forever to get up there. And it was like, finally, we got my godmother settled into her seat. And we're there to see the musical act. And my mom thought that this was, a, like a Western swing band, the CNC Music Factory, she just assumed was like a, a group, like, you know, of playing traditional music. And here they come, like they all got out of this clown car, like 12 people got out of a clown car and and like <laughs> the girl is wearing like a belly shirt and they're, you know, dancing. It's like, everybody dance now. And my godmother was about to have a heart attack. And so we all got up and then we to like, it took us forever to leave I was <laughs> oh, oh, happy I mean I really like that music
1: oh god that is I'm really crying from that, that is, <laughs> I, can, I can picture your grandma guy, you guys are like we got to get her out she's not gonna make it to 81 <laughs> y'all <We>
0: got- <laughs> she was so horrified she never heard such music you know so <laughs>
1: I mean, she's like thinking like, I don't know. George Strait is going to play. It is like,
0: yeah, no, boom,
1: not at all. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what are we at the mall?
0: Yeah, all no, right. she was scared. You know, it was. She was scared. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not laughing at your guy. Go- I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at her.
0: Well, we I can. Say, she's not alive anymore. But I think. Yeah. Um, oh.
1: I. I, All right, I still
0: something. communicate with her and right I think she would she would have a sense of humor about it. now. For,
1: I for sure. I hope so. Uh, it sounds like <laughs> it. Uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Um, OK, Kat, did you want to I, I don't know. Uh, did, did you want to play one more and, and take us out or how, how are you feeling? What did you have planned? I don't want to step on your toes or well, or to tell
0: you the truth. I've been really looking forward to talking about food with you.
1: Yeah, let's talk food. Okay, let's talk food. <laughs> let's talk food. What do you want to talk about? Uh, you I cook first of all. Do you cook at home?
0: I do. I'm not a great cook, but I surprise myself. What's um, your
1: favorite favorite go to dish, or maybe? Or
0: well, else? the only thing I can brag about are my salads. I'm I'm a really good salad maker. It's it's like a talent. That's not
1: cooking. I hate to. I'm, okay. I'm going to interrupt you, cat. That's not cooking.
0: Okay. Make a sal-
1: right. This is a chef. I'm a chef. You can't okay. make a salad, and that's not, it's not cooking.
0: Okay. 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 So, but I
1: appreciate a good salad maker. Okay, that's an important role in a restaurant. I, I, I kid you not. That's a that's what we call a garmage.
0: Oh. Oh, I didn't. Know, I don't know the word. There
1: you go. There you go. I just taught. I just taught you something. That's a, if you ever hear that in a restaurant, they say, "Who's on garmage?" That's the person making salads, and probably and any sort of cold apps that don't need to be cooked.
0: Like right? oysters, it's not
1: cooked. Yeah, maybe oyster. Uh, oysters, you probably have an oyster person shucking oysters.
0: Okay, all right. Depends what
1: kind of place it is. Depends what kind of restaurant. You know what? what you're so working. like
0: they're making the cheese plate and the salads. Yeah,
1: they de- charcuterie boards. Yeah, maybe desserts. They handle desserts. Uh, it's a very important role that constantly has high turnover because people can't handle it. It's actually a pretty wow. difficult role. Uh, really? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very di- that and the fryer station. Uh, most yeah, people don't give that enough love either.
0: Yeah, I can imagine Fry that's difficult.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, you get a lot of just, it's just a lot of work. A lot of people order those dishes, right? A lot of people order apps and starters right. and this, that more than entrees and stuff too. So that's one, and it's the first one to go out. So any new ticket coming in, you're constantly, and if you're doing desserts, you're on the front of the ticket and the back end of the ticket. Sorry, I don't mean to get all technical with food. No, you know. I
0: love it. I love it. I actually worked in restaurants um, in my twenties and and so I did you know some of this stuff is coming back to me now Yeah, for sure right yeah. and, and the tickets yeah. and stuff um but I was a yeah. horrible waitress I, I cannot brag about I that I don't
1: I don't believe that really I
0: was, yeah I mean I like my mom I was saying things like um don't, don't order this, and, this. And, yeah. like <laughs> you order that um but Apart from that, I was I was such a space cadet that I would often forget (laughs) my tables. That they wanted something, I forget to put something in. I knew the menu Uh, in and out because I loved memorizing all the dishes. You know, I like like an actress. I memorize my lines. Where can I stand? How can I make you smile? But did I get your order right? That was always (laughs) questionable.
1: That's it. Oh, did y'all come here to eat? I'm sorry. (laughs) I
0: <laughs> oh no. I wasn't a really I was not a good waitress.
1: That's funny. Well, that's because your mind was set on other things, girl. Yeah. You were meant for other things. Yeah, know. that's right.
0: You're right, you're right. Yeah. But um so so you're a chef. What do you like to cook?
1: I cook Spanish food mainly. That's what I had, uh, my food truck and catering business was Spanish food. But my uh-huh. mom's from Mexico, so I cook a lot of Latin. You know, I cook a lot of Latin stuff. I'm, you know, I'm constantly making tacos. I eat tacos like nobody's business.
0: I'm, I, uh-huh. I love tacos. My mom yeah. just sent us a, um, a tortilla press.
1: Yeah. And, oh, nice.
0: And I think we're gonna start making tortillas.
1: That's really hard, actually. To be frank with you, uh, making tortillas is a great, good way to get in because if you can, if you can get that right, you, you can do a lot of things. Like if, if you get that right, I promise you, take that confidence from that. And use it for other things that you may be afraid to try in the kitchen, okay? Uh, because that that's hard. It, it, here's the you're probably going to make corn because they don't really do the it's right. for the press, right? You're just talking about the the press that comes down and flattens it out, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what's hard. It actually does become a little hard to get it to come off and get it to stick to the pan. You you think it's That's easy. Now I promise you that is going to be a hard part of getting it. If you use any sort of plastic or wax paper insert in between, uh, you're going to start to see. Oh, this is a lot harder to get off this in one piece than I thought, and get it into the pan. You probably have it too thick. It'll be thicker on one side than the other. Just just keep going with it. But that's great. I love that. uh, I love that you're going to do that. We love
0: tortillas around here. Yeah, we have a great bodega, a Mexican market nearby. So we're going to. We but we do a lot of shopping there, but um, but now we're going to take it to the next level. Now,
1: I love it. So some tortillas. So are you going to make tacos with them? I mean, is that what it's for, or just you just like having? Because I eat tortillas yeah. by themselves. I mean, yeah, roll them we up. You too. Yeah,
0: I love them with butter.
1: Yeah, I bet they eat
0: it, <laughs> but I love right. them with butter. We have a, we have a lot of breakfast tacos around here, and um, and then I'm sure we'll we'll start experimenting with. I don't know, pork and, and beef as well, maybe.
1: Sure, yeah. Cat, where are you at, Kat? What city are you in?
0: Upstate New York.
1: Upstate um, New York. There's yeah, a lot of bre- breakfast
0: tacos out there? Well, I mean, we make them.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't sell up, them. Yeah, um, okay, right on, yeah. No, what I, is sort of the breakfast thing up there?
0: Uh, a bagel.
1: Okay. Intr- yeah, I guess that makes sense. What am I, am I even asking that for? Yeah. Uh, you I know, know, um...
0: What else do people have? They have like a, a ham, egg and cheese on a roll or something. That's like, yeah. that's pretty typical up here or a bagel, Locks and bagels. Yeah. Um, but oh, no, you can't good. really find breakfast tacos. Sometimes you go to a place in, in the city where I, I lived up until July actually, we moved um, this summer and uh, they made serve like a breakfast burrito or something, but you can't really get breakfast tacos, which, oh gosh, I mean, I'm from Texas. Um, and I, I just love Mexican food. In fact, as I talking about it, my mouth is starting to water. (laughs) I miss it. I love it. So you can't,
1: you can't get good, forget tacos. You can't even get good Mexican food up there.
0: Not really. No, I, um, we found a place sort of close by that makes uh, Peruvian food and um, and I really like their tamales. Uh, they're, they're way different than the tamales I was eating in Texas that are smaller. These ones are quite sizable, and they have like whole slices of potato and and carrot and chicken, and it will be like, you know, like a long slice. They're delicious. They almost taste like they have a hint of something in them, like nutmeg or or something oh um,
1: yeah I know what you're talking about yeah you're getting real those are real tamales
0: yeah it's it's, it's good you know they yeah. they make pupusas and tamales um and so we have that and I'm so I'm not I'm not complaining that that's good that's closer than I got in New York City where I just it was pretty hopeless there was a there was a taco spot way up in Harlem that I loved um but uh I wasn't anywhere near Harlem most of the time I was in Brooklyn And, uh, it's just hard to find.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've heard that before, you know, I I used to live up in Pennsylvania and I don't remember ever eating Mexican food. If I can be, I lived there for three years. I don't remember once eating Mexican food. It could be why I moved. I can't (laughs) remember. It was a while ago, but I I think I remember thinking like, I'm out of here, man. I can't get a fucking taco. I forget Ah. Gino's and, you know, uh, I lived right outside of Philly. It was like, oh, Gino, you know, cheese steaks and loose yeah. meat sandwiches. Uh, you can only have
0: out. so many of those before you have I them. mean,
1: for real. Like, yeah. there's, there's absolutely... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's amazing food and amazing culture and, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, it's, it is kind of crazy that you just can't get some good Mexican food um, or Tex-Mex or anything resembling it. Um, so you
0: make Spanish food.
1: Yeah, I make a, I make a lot of Spanish food. I, I live there uh for a few years my wife is is from uh spain as well okay i I went
0: to i went to spain when i was on tour and i was oh i was so excited because i I couldn't wait to eat i mean when i travel like i just i like
1: the food when you travel i mean that's my
0: that's the first thing i care about is like we're gonna go and i'm gonna eat you know like that's how i feel about traveling it's just so thrilling to taste you know the the food from other places and i had the most fantastic food in madrid uh, just wonderful so many yeah. different things um and then we went to barcelona and we ate in barcelona i loved all the food there and i loved um the vermouth that they yeah wow. in, you know from the casks i loved that
1: Sure. Yeah. Dark
0: vermouth, um, which is so different on from
1: ice vermouth. on ice with a lemon wedge.
0: Yeah, and it's so different from the vermouth here that you find yeah. in the Martini.
1: well vermouth is is wine. Okay, it is wine, uh, technically. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I love that you said that. Yeah, that's very Spanish.
0: But what one mean. thing that I found in Spain was I couldn't order a salad anywhere.
1: <laughs> You're like, guys, I can show you how to make a salad, okay? I am the number one salad maker. Here, uh, you know that's interesting. Um, you think about that,
0: yeah. And I was yeah, I on guess, tour. I don't know if I got like, salads. You're right. I was like on tour for two months, and I was, you know, when you're when you're on tour, you're you're kind of malnourished because you're at the mercy of every restaurant you go to, and you you just need vegetables and stuff. Like you just yeah, don't yeah. get it as readily as you would at home. And I was just like, it was like a, a a thirst I could not quench. I was like, I need a salad. I need a salad everywhere I went. <laughs> So I kept ordering this dish that I saw in every menu, which was-
1: Ensalada mixta?
0: No, I don't it? know what oh. that is, but it was tuna with onions and tomatoes because that was those were the only uh, fresh vegetables, raw vegetables that I could find. So I kept eating tuna with onions and tomatoes everywhere I went.
1: I love that that's hilarious <laughs> well yeah they have these salads what they call salads are like you know when you have a potato salad right it's it's called a salad they do a lot of salads like that in spain so that's what a ensalada mixta okay. or ensaladilla rusa that's all that is you know that so there's a lot of salads like that but yeah you're right i don't know if i i mean i did get some salads here and there you, you get these uh what they call menu del diaz i don't know if you ever got anything like that there but where they give you they do this, a lot of latin latin uh, cultures where you get this three course meal uh, and it's just typical everywhere you go menu del dia the menu of the day and you you know so your first dish is a super salad and i got that a lot in spain at some places
0: okay yeah i couldn't find it and and then i would ask people about it and they would just respond like so casually like why would you want to order salad they were just like (laughs) like we will eat that at home we don't go out to eat that we eat that at home
1: (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is so funny yeah you're kind of right yeah you're really just ordering a lot of you know top of, i mean it depends how you're eating it spent right but if you're doing it right you know if you're going out with friends and stuff for the most part you're ordering stuff in the middle that everyone's sharing and you're right there ain't no salads ain't <laughs> nobody sharing a salad no, that's for sure that's great. funny i never thought that's about really
0: that really funny yeah you know i i also um one another thing i noticed was i was performing in barcelona the night after i performed in madrid and i came out and i started talking to the audience and i said so last night we were performing in madrid and they're like boo ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. they started doing and i they couldn't like, hear. Madrid. I like what <laughs> and they, yeah. i was asking people afterwards like what's What's wrong? Why don't you like What's
1: wrong? Madrid?
0: You know, and they all had different reasons. Everybody had their own reasons, though. They're like, it's we don't like really how good. late they stay up there. Oh, really? Yeah, they were like, we don't like their lifestyle, or we don't. It was just like That's all this crazy. Stuff. That's like
1: the same lifestyle they live. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they stay up till six a.m. in Barcelona too. Like, I, I I lived in Barcelona for two months like they, hey, that's crazy that the, here. The truth is the Catalan people from Catalonia, which is yeah. the, the, the region where Barcelona is, the city, the, the, you know, the state it's in, they are trying they've been trying to secede from Spain forever. So it's not that they don't like Madrid. They don't like any other part of Spain. Gotcha. They, they, you could say Granada. You could say Valencia. They're just going to tell you something and vice versa. If you're in Madrid and you're like, oh, I'm going flying up to Barcelona, they're like, a la mierda, you know, they don't care. <laughs> they, and they even speak a different language in Barcelona. You probably noticed that.
0: I did notice that. I found it very confusing.
1: Super confusing. I don't understand it. It's a, it's, its own thing. It's called Catalan. And I don't understand it either. It's its own. Uh, it's its own. Yeah, it's its own language.
0: I get it mixed up. But is that which one is the one where it, it sounds like this?
1: Uh, that's both of them, really. Both okay. of them have the, you know, Gracia, Barcelona, you know, it's got the Lisp sort of thing yeah. going. They both do. They both do that. Uh, they, 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 so they have the Spanish they speak in Spain is called Castellano. That's, what the, that's the title of that Spanish. And that's where the Lisp is. And Catalan has it as well. And then if you're in Valencia, they speak Valenciano, which is its own language as well. It's not Castellano. It's, not, it's very similar to Catalan to be honest with you. And wow. then if you're if you're in Galicia, which is another region right above Portugal, I live there too, they speak a, a language called Gallego, it's, which is the original language where Portuguese came from. So the Gallegos came down and started Portugal. And then Portuguese became, you know, their language brought from Gallego. And then to go even further, Brasileño from Brazil is the next step So the Portuguese, those are actually two different languages. So when people say, oh, they speak Portuguese in Brazil, they don't speak Portuguese. They speak Brasileño. It's different. Now, it's very similar. You still understand. it. It's like UK British versus American British, right? (laughs) Or American English, right? Like it's, it's, I can still understand you, but there's definitely a lot of words that are different and accents way different and, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it.
1: So sorry for that little lesson. Not I just at all.
0: To you know, no, I I love hearing about it because uh, Spanish is the is the language that I studied in school, and I studied it for long enough that I was like, finally, we're we're in a country where I can speak the language. You know, I couldn't speak German, I couldn't speak uh, French, and I couldn't. There were just we've gone to Asia, I've gone to a lot of different places, and I can't speak language in whatever region but I thought finally you know and it was, it was such a letdown that as soon as people started speaking I had no idea what they were saying and there I was again just the, you know the, the dumb American and I just I have no idea what anyone is saying you speak my uh, language though can you just speak English
1: <laughs> right right can you just speak English right and you know what's funny is they have a hard time understanding your English because you don't speak Britannica Right. And that's the English they teach in Spain. So like my wife, for instance, she couldn't understand me at all at the beginning and she doesn't speak any English, really. I mean, she does now a little bit, quite a bit, actually. But at the beginning, I met her. She didn't speak zero. You know, we only communicated through Spanish. To be honest, we only communicate through Spanish to this day still. Oh, wow. But but she, I remember her telling me like, your English is so weird. It sounds so weird. I I can't understand anything you're saying. It sounds like just a different language, you know? And to me, I'm like, it doesn't sound that different, but it guess it does make sense. You know, Uh, same with Spanish. I mean, there are, uh, it took me a little bit with Spain Spanish too, when I got there because I spoke Spanish when I arrived as well. uh, But it it definitely caught me off guard. It was same as same for you. Um, I was able to get through it uh, and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, I, I feel you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Well, great. Wow, that's awesome, Kat. Well, anything about food I didn't cover? Anything about?
0: No, no, I just
1: tacos
0: being the Lone Star Plate. I, I wanted yes. to make sure we talked about.
1: No, I'm glad you reminded me. Uh, I constantly am told, Patrick, you forgot to talk about food in that episode. Damn. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Damn I love the Lone Star Plate, by the way. That's such a great title.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. We we went through a lot before we got to that one. To be honest with you, it seems like oh they probably just pulled that out of. No, we we voted. There was a um, uh, there was some other uh, some other names. I can't remember the other names now. See, they weren't even that good. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> you know, weren't even that good. Well, Kat, you were awesome. This was such an amazing conversation. I mean that. I mean, this was so thank awesome. You. This was so great. Your performances were so great. I can't wait to let uh, everybody hear those uh yeah so wonderful. thank
0: you it's such a pleasure talking with you and i'm so glad to know you patrick
1: yes you as well Kat. thank you so much i wish you the best up there uh up there in upstate i'm sure it's you know you guys are getting a lot of snow and whatnot yeah so. it's snowy yeah it's for pretty. sure it's pretty yeah right now until it gets black and dark pretty. right that's what i remember from living up there I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah
0: fortunately we're uh, not in the city so it's a Better. L- yeah. It'll, it, it'll be cleaner snow you know, sure. in a lot of areas.
1: Yeah. Right on. Well, at, like I said, uh, my best to you guys out there, please stay safe, stay warm. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. This was just so wonderful. So, uh, and thank you to the rest of the team back there that I can't see. Uh, thank you guys so much for making everything happen. And, uh, yeah, I wish you guys the best, have a good rest of the evening. And, um, we'll send out an email when this, um, goes live, which will probably be I think we're like two, three weeks lead time with our episodes. Okay. Somewhere in there.
0: Oh, and I also want to extend. I mean it's gonna be a while when we're back on tour, but um anytime we're we're near you, please reach out and we would love to have you as a guest at the show.
1: Oh my gosh. That's be careful what you ask for. I will show up.
0: Bring your you and your your wife and your mom and whoever. We would love to have you.
1: That would be awesome. That's so amazing. I, I really appreciate that. That that means a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. That That's very kind. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. All right, guys. Will y'all be safe? Okay. Please get some hot cocoa. Yeah. Time to, time to make a salad now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the Lone Star Plate podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city stores butchers restaurants farmers markets and more who are using fresh artisanal organic sources it's a fun site that brings all natural options all together i hope you enjoyed this episode for more information go to thelonestarplay.com i'm your host patrick scott armstrong until next time